The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This episode is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Browns fans, February is almost here, and that means it's time to start thinking about that upcoming holiday and making plans to share a meal with someone special. That's right, it's almost Super Bowl Sunday, and for those of us also celebrating Valentine's Day, Omaha Steaks has you covered for it all. For a limited time, listeners of this show can go to omahasteaks.com slash dogs, D-A-W-G-S, and receive four free air-chilled boneless chicken breasts and four free rich, juicy, boneless pork chops with your order. So now is the perfect time to plan ahead for the big holidays coming in February. Load up for the Super Bowl and for Valentine's Day with Omaha's selection of steaks, including the butcher's cut filet mignons, bacon-wrapped filet mignons, the top sirloin steaks. Those are my favorite, but these steaks are all awesome. Throw in some Omaha steak burgers, Jumbo Frank's seafood, ready-to-eat meals, desserts. Oh my goodness, you have to get the caramel apple tartlets for Valentine's Day. Whatever you do, get those. Just make sure you head to omahasteaks.com slash dogs. Get those eight additional free items added to your order, the four boneless chicken breasts and the four pork chops. Trust me, this stuff is totally worth it. You will wow everybody at your Super Bowl parties, and you will wow your special somebody on Valentine's Day. Mark my words. Get to omahasteaks.com slash dogs right now. Score those eight free additional items with your order. There's nothing better than buying great food and getting free great food along with it. omahasteaks.com slash dogs. Minimum purchase may apply. Why wow, you're not going to go sign one of these guys, and then keep it? And you're signing him because you don't well, know you're going to get out Chubb, and then but then pay Chubb twelve million. I, it's not happening. It depends on who you. If it's uh, if it's Saquon or Josh Jacobs, then I, that that makes sense to me because those guys are young. Yes. You know, we're talking to 24, 25, 26. Yeah. Derrick Henry is what thirty? Going to be thirty three? No, 32? I think he's thirty or thirty one. Okay, he's not that old. I but, mean, as old as you're saying. Right. I did just, did you, the, the Nick Chubb contract numbers, this is why I've been telling people, like, pay attention to Nick Chubb because of the injury and the contract situation. I already think he's a potential cut. $15.8 million against the cap. Only a $4 million dead cap. means they could save almost $12 million by cutting him. Do you think they'll cut him, though? I it's, think he I, would be a massive restructure candidate to me. Yeah. Like, like, I really see that happening. Yes, yeah. there's... I think there's. I think he's either restructured, and I know Brown, or he's not going to be on the team. And and you think Browns fans are insufferable about some things right now? Oh my gosh! Yeah, and and I want him to take care of Nick Chubb because what he's meant to the team and the fan base and stuff. But also at the same time, like about the team, it's a business. Yeah, yeah. I know it sucks. It's hard to talk about. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, it's a business, and if you can't pay this guy fifteen million this year, especially if you think if you're thinking he's not even going to be a hundred percent for half of it. Correct. I'm thinking you know what like I mean? week five, week six. So like on the emotional side of it, it pisses me off even thinking about not having Nick Chubb on the Browns or right. cutting him or anything. But on the business side, it's like, look at the numbers. Right. 
What, are, he, we, what are we he, supposed to do? We right. want all these other players. If he doesn't restructure, I think there's like a better than not chance he's not on the team. And I don't know. And I don't know anything. I haven't heard anything. But you just got to imagine, like in the mind of Nick Chubb, like you're just coming off this devastating injury, and you're already with a team and organization that loves you, that's going to utilize you, mm-hmm. and you know you do have a future here if you're willing to play ball. Right. You but, don't know if you're getting any of the that special treatment anywhere else. Depending on what they want to do with this money, though, you're also going, I'm just coming off a super bad injury. I got to get paid one more time. So, I mean, if I was Nick Chubb, I would not take a $12 million pay cut. There's no fucking way. Right. There's no way. Well, I don't think it would be that much. But, I mean, there's... I don't, I don't see him. I don't no, see... That's all, that's all I'm saying. All I'm saying is... If I'm Nick Chubb, and again, I want to come and I want to play for a winner, and I get what you're saying, but NFL, he's got he's got a couple years left. It wasn't he's so much one. play for a winner. It was more like, I know that if I take kind of a reduced contract or I restructure my deal now, and they make me some sort of guarantees that, hey, you'll be here for at least the next three years or something like that. Like, I don't know. I feel like there is a relationship with this organization where he doesn't have that anywhere else. I guess I just, I, if do I'm him, there, do you think there's a trade market for him? Yes. Like, cause I feel like just if I don't think anybody would trade for him, I think, I think, I think there'd have to be rework on the contract. Yes. They would yeah. just, they would wait it out and make wait for the Browns to cut him. Yep. Well, that's a good point. The, the, and the thing is we see this every year with running backs is they, the big names always get hyped up about this massive trade or that or other. And very rarely does anything ever happen. Right. I just, yeah. If, if, I, if I'm the Browns, you can't, pay him 15 million this year if he it, no and if you're nick chubb i'm not taking a huge pay cut this is my last chance to make money before i have to go get a real job so what, <laughs> what blake is saying everybody is prepare for the nick chubb cut news and I just, watch the city burn i think there will at least be drama I think unless both sides are willing really willing to like sit down and, and talk and have hearts to heart. But I know as me as a person, if you said, hey, I want, I'm going to take $6 million out of your bank account, I'd say, no, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. That's my money. You signed the contract. Now you pay it to me. So, because um, it's not like, it's not like Nick, Nick Chubb isn't in commercials. He didn't make, he's not making $100 million away from the field. You know, and, and I know like a lot of these, these guys, we think of them as being crazy rich and all this stuff, but after taxes and paying their agents, like, I mean, they're, they're still making good money, right. but they're not making, especially with the way the economy is, they're not making never work again money. Some of, well, I'm of sure they, they employ their own trainers and stuff for the off seasons. Like yes. it's not all there. They don't get to keep all that money. And I, I heard a thing like the one guy, uh, I just watched a video if in the off season, and stuff like that. And when you're not on the team yet, the teams will pay for your like apartments and stuff. But once you make the 53, it's all on you. You got to pay for your house and you got to pay for all that stuff. So like Nick Chubb's not from Ohio. So I'd imagine he lives in Georgia yeah. and then he, he rents a place up here. So like it's, it's, you make a lot of money being in the NFL, but I also don't think people realize how much money you spend and lose being in the NFL. Like it's, it's, there's both sides to this. So, I mean, there's a reason a lot of these dudes, like you hear they're broke four years after they played. If you're smart with your money, you can. But also, it was a lot easier to make $10 million last your whole life 10 years ago than it is today. When a lot of these guys, when they come from, you know, poor upbringings and stuff, they obviously want to take a lot of their 
their money, their blessings that they've been able to acquire here. And then they give them to their mom, their dad, their, you know, their brother, you know, they, they help people out in their lives too. So yeah, it, the money goes fast. It yes. definitely goes fast. What's up, Browns fans in Ohio? If you haven't signed up for Caesar Sportsbook yet, now is the perfect time to do so with the NFL playoffs underway. New customers will get their first bet on Caesars up to $1,000 when signing up with our promo code DOGS1000. That means if your first bet loses, you will get your full wager returned as a bonus bet up to $1,000. Caesars offers daily profit boosts as well as Caesars rewards credits on every wager, which can be redeemed for bonuses, sports tickets, and other VIP experiences. If you're ready to join Caesar Sportsbook, go download the app and register with our promo code DOGS1000 to make sure your first bet is covered. Offer is only available for new customers who are 21 and older and physically present in Ohio. Please gamble responsibly. If you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer to see if you can qualify. I see a lot of people in our groups, you know, just in the like media articles and stuff like that, questioning like, the wide receiver coach. Yeah. And you know, like you think about some uh, outside of let's say Amari Cooper, right? There hasn't been a lot of progression from any, any really buddy. DPJ was on the way up for a minute, but was, I was going to say, but then it was just right back to like non-utilization. Like it's, it's one of those things. Yeah. I mean, like we were all excited for David Bell when he got drafted. Elijah Moore. Yeah. It was Elijah. another guy that we were like, Holy crap. Like, um, I know Anthony Schwartz. I don't uh, know if anybody would make him look good. Josh always says Cedric Tillman. You know, he's been kind of disappointed with the development that he's had. I mean, are we really disappointed with Cedric Tillman? I think for what they, one, invested in him, and then two, to move DPJ at the trade deadline because they had faith in Cedric. I don't feel like he stepped into any bit of what DPJ could have offered the second half of the season. He had more, I mean, he did more DPJ ever did this year. This year, but I'm saying like in years, like last year, he almost had 900 yards. I what, feel like when what Joe DPJ Flacco. What did DPJ do as a rookie? Oh, I have no idea. I don't have the stats up. Yeah, so I mean, I don't, I'm not, wor- I'm not saying that Cedric Tillman's a what, bad what player. Did we, what, I'm just saying, what did we expect out of him? I'm just, well, we were talking about Cedric Tillman because I was saying I wanted Puka Nakua. I did a whole video on him. Yeah. And we talked about Amon, we, we brought up the Amon Ross St. Brown thing again. Instead, we took Anthony Schwartz. Like, it's just. Stuff like that where it's just, I think we could use a little bit better evaluations on our prospects when it comes to certain positions, receiver being one. You say you wanted Puka Nakua, but I remember you literally fist pumping when we drafted Cedric Tillman. Yeah, because I was afraid they were going to take somebody like uh, Jalen Hyatt, who I didn't like. I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying you were very high on Tillman, which is why I'm disappointed that he didn't. But he's a third round rookie. I'm just saying. So what else? We're just saying. I just. It seems weird to me. We're seeing over here like I'm he not, didn't I'm develop. Not saying he's a we, terrible. We, we just. We don't like Cedric Tillman. I thought Cedric Tillman played really well for being a third round rookie this year. I, I like, did okay. I like the I potential really moving well. forward. You know what I mean? Like, because uh, there were there was times where I'm like, hey, I thought he was dominant, but I mean, when you have like Amari Cooper and like guys like that, I feel like you're kind of going to get pushed to the side. I, I, but I'm, I'm with like the chat and people saying like, what's going, I've been kind of disappointed with the wide, like progression of wide receivers. Like David Bell had moments to shine, but it was against, you know, Cincinnati and garbage time. That was, he's now I'm definitely disappointed with the development of Bell from what he was in college. You know, that, that's all, uh, 
I think if we're going to look at positional, if there was a coach that was going to get fired, like out of our positional group, I think that that wouldn't would have made sense to me a lot more than, you know, like stump stump stump. I was just disappointed for, I guess just out of, from a fan base. Unless again, like with the positional coaches, if they're planning on letting whoever the new OC they bring hire his own group, bring yeah. his own like passing game, wide receiver type coach. That makes sense to me. Yeah. So Cedric Tillman though, had averaged almost 11 yards a catch over 50% of his catches were for first downs. Uh, and he, he didn't start playing meaningful snaps until I'm just saying 21 one. catches. I Seven, just, I don't know. Yeah, but he didn't get on the field. I dude, I totally understand. He didn't get on the field. <laughs> Just, that could also be a talent thing or whatever, a development thing. You thought he, uh, he would play over a healthy DPJ? <laughs> Can we talk about something else? Because this is this is this is stupid. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I, I just I set us all. We up can't just throw, we can't just yeah, throw really players sorry. under the bus I and talk about players not developing. I specifically said <sighs> post DPJ trade. The expectations. It was like. What did we expect? I, I had zero expectations for Cedric, Cedric Tillman post Oh, that's trade. fine. I had more. I had higher expectations. I'm just, chat, you tell me. You tell me. Should, did we ex- should we have expected Cedric Tillman all of a sudden halfway through his rookie year to just have 800 yards receiving? Ooh. You guys tell me. I don't remember saying 800, but that's cool. <laughs> How do the Browns have money? How can the Browns make money and create cap space? Well, will we have a whole lot of it? No. But can the Browns make space? Yes. And after restructures, after possible extensions, guys who could be moved off this team, the Browns are probably going to have around like 40 to $50 million to play with. So, you know, could the Browns make a move and sign a receiver? Yes. Question becomes, and to answer that question, it's tough because what what are the Browns looking for is kind of the the question that I, I would ask. So um, let's just break it down here. The projected contracts, Mike Evans, four years, $23 million per year. Um, T. Higgins, four years, 18.6 per year. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr., four years, uh, $22.7 million per year. Marquise Brown, four years, 14.8 per year. And then Calvin Ridley, four years, 17 million per year. So those are the projected contracts, you know, something around there. Obviously, all of those are four years. Um, Are all those guys going to get four-year contracts? No, but that just gives you a general idea of what the market is looking like there. So first things first, do I think the Browns will get Mike Evans? No, I don't. I think... um, you know, the Bucks probably aren't going to let Mike Evans walk to begin with. And at his age, is Andrew Berry going to want to bring a guy like that in? Probably not. Probably not. So let's just get that out of the way first. Um, the next one, Michael Pittman, 22.7 per year estimated. I wouldn't be surprised if he got even a little bit more than that. I think Michael Pittman is a really, really good receiver in the NFL. And I think he is going to be worth the money that he's going to get. Are the Browns willing to pay that much money? Uh, I don't know. 
I don't know. I think the Browns will be willing to spend some money. And as much as I would like Michael Pittman, I think he's out of our price range. I think Mike Evans and Michael Pittman are out of the Browns' price range if those guys even become available. It is kind of the big caveat here. Um, so I don't want to talk too long about those guys. But the next group, T. Higgins, Marquise Brown, Calvin Ridley. I would not be surprised if one of these guys ended up a member of the Cleveland Browns. If you want my guess of these guys, who it would be, I think it's Marquise Brown. I think he fits what the Browns want to do. He's projected 14.8 mil per year. That's manageable. That's decent. Um, obviously, you know, the market is going to fluctuate. What's going to happen? Who who gets what, right? Because you saw the Falcons go out and sign crazy contracts last year, and it pushed the market up, right, for defensive tackle. Uh, Javon Hargrave got a crazy deal. David Anyamata got a crazy deal. Like, these teams sign these guys, and it pushes everything up. So these numbers, you can't take as gospel by any means. But in terms of the affordable options, Marquise Brown, or not affordable, but a little bit more in our price range, Marquise Brown, I know a lot of people aren't going to like him, but he gives you speed. Uh, He gives you the route running. He's very elusive. I like what he can bring, and I think he has been kind of overlooked in the NFL. He was on the Baltimore Ravens with Lamar Jackson. Is, Is that the best fit for him? Maybe not. Then he goes to the Arizona Cardinals. That team is what it is there. I think Marquise Brown is a very talented receiver. And if I, th- I think if he comes to the Cleveland Browns, you pair him with Amari Cooper, he can do a lot of really, really good things for you. And I like that a lot. I think you can get him for a discounted price just because of what he has done in the NFL. Um, and I would, I would like that a lot. I think that would be a really good fit. I think he would bring uh, what the Browns are looking for. And the price would be solid. So I like that. Um, next guy, Calvin Ridley. I don't know if he will be a free agent because uh, the Jags traded for him. Has he been everything they thought? No. But he has shown flashes. The question becomes, would the Browns want to bring in another route runner? Because Amari Cooper, his number one skill set is obviously what he can do as a route runner. Do the Browns want to bring in another one of those guys? Probably not. I think you need to pair Amari Cooper with either a speed guy or a big contested catch guy. That's just my opinion. So as much as I like Calvin Ridley, I don't know that he's a fit for us. I would be happy if we got him, but I don't know how much of a realistic option he is, to be honest with you. So I'm going to move off of him real fast. Um, T. Higgins. Now, this would just be hilarious, right? Could you imagine if the Cleveland Browns brought in T. Higgins and signed him to this team after all his time with the Cincinnati Bengals? It would be funny. Would I like it? Yeah. I think T. Higgins is a really talented receiver. Four years, 18.6 mil per year. I think he's going to get more than that. So I think he is borderline out of the price range for the Browns. But in terms of young talent being added to this team, I think T. Higgins would be a good addition, but he's an interesting one. I I don't really know what that would look like. It, it's it's weird. It, I'll just leave it at that. It's a weird fit, but it would be fun. 
it would be really fun. He offers you a lot. Big receiver, contested catch guy, uh, young, and I think you could see even more out of him. I think he's still getting better as a receiver in the league. So it's interesting. It's interesting. So I'll leave it at that. Those are the four, or not four, those are the free agent guys, five of them, that I think are going to be talked about. I think the most likely one is Marquise Brown, but we'll see. If you want my favorite on that list, who I would want, it's Michael Pittman, but I just don't think that's going to happen, so we'll see. But traits, this is interesting as well. What if the Browns made a trade? And there's a couple guys that I think are kind of realistic. Um, Let's just start off quick. Jerry Judy, I've brought him up many times. Again, I think he's overrated or overlooked and underrated. Um, I think he offers you a lot more than what people will think. Um, You know, he's on a fifth year option. So that's 12.9 mil guaranteed. Is that affordable for the Browns? Yes. You would have to extend him, which the Browns, of course, would if they brought him in. So it's certainly an option. And the Broncos have been shopping and not shopping their wide receivers, both Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. Um, So it's interesting. You know, now that Russell Wilson is going to be off of the Broncos and they have to recover from that whole situation. You know, are they going to want to move off of an asset finally to uh, try to fix this team? Yeah, I, I think they will. Will it be the Browns? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to be looking for, uh, you know, in a trade with Jerry Judy because all the reports have been they wanted a lot. That was the past. But now... You have one year left. It's it's a fifth-year option. His value is going to go down a little bit. So could it be affordable? Yeah, I think it could. And I think it is an option for the Browns. So I don't think it's going to happen, I'll be honest with you. I really don't. But it is certainly intriguing. It is certainly intriguing. So move past that. Next guy, I don't like this. I really don't like this at all. But it is a name that I'm hearing a lot and they will look into it Mike Williams I don't want Mike Williams personally because he does nothing for me yes he's a really good contested catch guy downfield guy but the injuries that he's had he's not been on the field and you know when he is on the field he I I just I'm not blown away by him I'll be honest like I think he's really talented and you know he cooked Denzel Ward when we played him that one year but he just he does nothing for me and I don't think he's worth the price uh that would be paid to bring him in so I'll just leave it at that I bring it up only because I've heard it and I do think the Browns will look into it do I want it no I you know I could talk myself into it but I'm not a huge huge fan of it so leave it at that next guy Terry McLaurin, bring him back to the Buckeye State. Terry McLaurin signed a three-year, $68 million extension with the Washington Commanders. Uh, That team is going through a lot of changes. They're going to have a new head coach. They're probably going to have a new quarterback because 
you know, Sam Howe was okay, but they hold a high draft pick. And as stacked as this quarterback class is, they're probably going to grab one. So there's going to be a lot of changes on that team. Is Terry McLaurin going to be one of them? Uh, I don't know. And I think the Browns would have to get creative on what you would give Washington to, uh, you know, to get this deal done. Can the Browns afford this? I think we can't. I think, I think it makes a lot of sense financially. I think it's a really good fit. And I think it makes a lot of sense. The problem is, you know, if you're bringing in a young quarterback, you're going to want to have weapons. So I don't know. But also at the same time, the Panthers, they didn't want to do that. You know, they got rid of DJ Moore when they drafted Bryce Young. So. Hey, Browns fans, this is your daily mental health check. If you're struggling with anything, it does not matter. It doesn't matter how big it might seem or how small you might think it is. If it's bothering you, if something's on your mind, if something is stopping you from living the fullest life you can live right now, you need to do something about it. And talk therapy can be a great avenue to get yourself back on track. I'm talking about today's sponsor, BetterHelp. Trust me, guys, I've been there. I know how uncomfortable it can be to go to somebody's office, sit in a chair and talk about feelings. It's just not it's not easy to do. And what BetterHelp is great for is giving you the options to communicate with a specialist, a therapist, a trained person in a way that is comfortable for you. You can text message, you can give them a phone call, voice chat, face chat, like a FaceTime with your with your therapist. The options are just so much better, especially with how busy everybody is and you're moving, you're on the go. You don't always have time to schedule these appointments and get to somebody's office. BetterHelp gives you so many more options to experience all the benefits of talk therapy. If you've even been thinking a little bit about trying it, it is worth a try. And again, like I've been saying, if it's not for you, just try it for like the first month and then it, it, you just cancel. It's okay. It, it's not for everybody. But like I, I've told you, if it is for you, it can change your life. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash dogs, D-A-W-G-S, get you 10% off your first month. You deserve to live the best life you can possibly live. And talk therapy could be that thing that helps you get past whatever it is you're dealing with right now. Head to betterhelp.com slash dogs to get 10% off that first month. Very likely that the announcement's coming out soon. Maybe today, maybe by the time you watch this or listen to this, it's already happened. But Tommy Reese, most likely going to be the new tight end coach for the Cleveland Browns. He's also going to have a, they call it a role in the overall passing game development. No exact title given yet and that's probably what they're working on to finalize before they make the announcement so who is tommy reese why does it matter that he's the new tight ends coach so just just to give you some background he is most recently the offensive coordinator for alabama most of his coaching i would say all of his coaching has been in college college football so he started as the offensive assistant for the los angeles chargers in 2016 so he did start in the NFL as an assistant for the Chargers, but very quickly the following year. Now, he played quarterback for Notre Dame whenever he was in college. So then in 2017, after his stint with the Chargers, he went back to Notre Dame in college and joined as their quarterback's coach, and he held that position for three seasons. And then in 2020, he was promoted to be Notre Dame's offensive coordinator. 
and he did that for three seasons. And then he was hired as the offensive coordinator for Alabama this past year in 2023, was just recently let go when Nick Saban retired and Alabama hired their new head coach and new positional guys came in. So that's kind of the rundown real quick on the career of Tommy Reese, how he came to even be available for the Browns to hire. A couple notes that I was reading about him in three seasons when he was the OC for Notre Dame, he helped lead the Fighting Irish to an average of 33.4 points per game. That was in 2020. Uh, They had the college football playoff appearance. In 2021, it was 35.2 points per game and then dropped down just a little bit to 31.8 in 2022 but you know those are great numbers uh, for for college or nfl doesn't really matter when you're putting up those kinds of points with your offense you give your team a very very good opportunity to win those games um there was a couple notable names that have come out players that have come out in the nfl under the tutelage the development of tommy reese and that would be all american tight end michael mayer who just got drafted last season and plays for the Raiders and a guy we're familiar with when uh, we went out to LA and got beat by the Rams running back Kyron Williams also came out under Tommy Reese. So from what I've been reading and what I can understand about the Browns vision for Tommy coming into the organization is he's not just the tight ends coach, but he's an overall developmental guy. And, you know, with this whole quote-unquote role in the overall passing game development there's a large focus and you're going to see that with every name we talk about the browns are focused on developing the passing game and we've talked about it for years you know the offense that kevin stefanski is running is can be a very good offense but like we talked with jake burns the way we've come to understand it it has to be executed very very precisely timing rhythm and it's just those kinds of offenses are very hard. It doesn't matter who your quarterback is. We can say, oh, Deshaun Watson doesn't execute it very well, whatever. It is not easy for players to execute. We saw that a lot this year where Kevin Stefanski would call great plays, great plays, scheme guys wide open. We're sitting there watching the games going, and Joku's wide open underneath. There's Jerome Ford, just you know, dump it off to him. And either quarterbacks can't execute the, the offense you know, sometimes the receivers aren't running the right routes. Cedric Tillman, that was my big beef with him. And, you know, where where were some of these tight ends? Where's Harrison Bryant been? So the execution has been poor. We harped on it all season. And I think we we saw something similar with the defense last year, last three seasons under Joe Woods, where it was too complex. It was just too complicated. There was so much miscommunication. The players looked lost which we've seen from a lot of players on offense recently. And, you know, it doesn't mean that Joe Woods and we, I mean, we gave Joe Woods a lot of shit, but it doesn't mean that he was had a bad defensive scheme. It just means that whatever it was, his way of communicating it. Think about your teachers back in high school and stuff. We all had teachers who could communicate and were good teachers. They could relay the information and help you understand it in a way that made sense. And then we all had teachers that were just terrible, terrible. Didn't doesn't mean they didn't know the material and they weren't very smart. They just had very poor communication skills, very poor ways of relating the information. So to me, that was Joe Woods. You saw the difference this year with Jim Schwartz, complete 180. This team was on point knew their assignments, communicated, and they were just flying to the football. 
And it was, a, it was just, that made all the difference in the world. And I'm expecting to see that. And I think that's what they're gearing up toward for on offense is to bring in a more simplified, modern, updated scheme that, you know, the players have an easier time executing and kind of plays to, to guys strengths a little better. So that's where I think Tommy Reese is going to slot in. I think he is going to help the development of some guys. We, we, we had a argument the other night on the show about, you know, the, the development this year of Cedric Tillman, we can all agree that David Bell has not progressed the way we hoped, or I'm sure the team was hoping for when they took him in the third round and guys like Anthony Schwartz, who's already gone. Elijah Moore didn't do a whole lot this year in his third season, in the NFL. So we're hoping to see a big jump from a lot of players and bringing in guys who have a, a solid track record of developing players. That's just going to help. So while this might be the only time you even hear the name Tommy Reese the rest of the season, because he's the tight end coach for the Cleveland Browns. We, how many times did we talk about TC McCartney last year? I would say zero. So it might be the last time you hear of him, but just know that these, this is the philosophy the Browns are looking for. These are the type of guys that they're bringing in. We're going to dive in to these Mag Dog nominations. So if oh, you're new crap. to the show, uh, every year we started this, our first year doing it, we do the Mad Dog Awards, and these are voted on by you, and then we do the awards presentation what week of the Super Bowl or in between the Super Bowl and the in the AFC? Ch- I can't remember. I think we'll probably leave voting open for. I guess we didn't even talk about. It. What do you think? Two weeks? Yeah, I would say like we do the show in between, like between AFC right. ch- the championship games and the Super the Bowl. off week. Yep. Yeah. So uh, you'll have a couple weeks to get these votes in. You'll head to the dogspodcast.com slash vote, and that is where you will find the nominees and uh, and some of their stats. So. I got them pulled up right here. Your your oh, your categories this year are the is the Young Pup Award, which is Rookie of the Year, uh, the ever disappointing Cedric Tillman, uh, <laughs> two hundred twenty four yards on twenty one of forty four and zero touchdowns. Uh, What's wrong with you? Right tackle Dewan Jones. Uh, he gave up twenty one pressures, three sacks, and two. What is the pen penalties? Penalties. penalties. Okay, I was like, he had two penises. Uh, <laughs> No, <laughs> I mean, he's a, he's a big guy. He is. Uh, maybe he had a front and a back one. I don't know. Um, uh, cornerback Cam Mitchell, 18 tackles, one tackle for loss, one sack, two passes defensed, and safety Ronnie Hickman, 25 tackles, three pass defense, one interception, and one touchdown. So that is your Young Pup Rookie of the Year Award nominees. Uh, your Airbud Golden Receiver, which is your best pass catcher of the year, which is the key here. It's not just wide receiver. It is anybody who catches passes for a living on the Browns. Amari Cooper, 1,309 yards and five touchdowns. David Njoku, 975 yards and six touchdowns. And Jerome Ford, 319 yards and five touchdowns. Your best lineman uh, comes down to Ethan Posick, Joel Batonio, Wyatt Teller, and Dewan Jones. We didn't even give you the option to vote for uh, Jedrick Wills because we know hurt. better. He got hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, the Homeboard Bound uh, Award is the Comeback Player of the Year Award. QB Joe Flacco, 1,900 yards, 14 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, and just one hell of a nice guy. Uh, running back Kareem Hunt, 437 yards. Here's the thing, 10 rushing touchdowns and a receiving touchdown. Uh, 11 touchdowns out of Kareem Hunt this year is pretty awesome. Yes. Uh, JOK. 
101 tackles, three and a half sacks, 20 tackles for loss, one forced fumble, six passes, defense, and two interceptions. I think he led the league in tackles for loss or something like that, or was near the top of the I'll league. I'll have to look that up, maybe. Uh, he, was, he was very, very good. Grant Delpit, uh, 80 tackles, one and a half sacks, seven tackles for loss, fumble recovery, three passes, defense, and an interception. And we even throw Kevin Stefanski in here, coming off back-to-back losing seasons, Sheer eleven and six record clinched the week, uh, the number five seed in the playoffs a week early, and he did it with five different quarterbacks this year. So those are your comeback player of the war nominees, your unsung hero slash fan favorite, uh, safety D'Anthony Bell, twenty eight tackles, four tackles for loss, two interceptions, four passes defensed, and one forced fumble. Uh, he played great when he got in there late in the year due to injuries. Obviously, he's a favorite of the show. Punter Corey Bojo. Uh, <laughs> He had a uh, long punt of 73 yards, 31 punts that were down inside the 20. He was a weapon this year. He really was. Like, he 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 was very good this year. I think I actually voted for him. Uh, either that or I voted for D-Bell just because, I, you know, it's also fan favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, left tackle, Jaron Christian, uh, started nine games at left tackle off the 49ers practice, practice squad, only gave up four sacks. And then defensive tackle, Jordan Elliott, uh, 21 tackles, two and a half sacks, three tackles for loss, three QB hits. I think Jordan Elliott's a good addition to this because we heard a lot about Miles and uh, Ogbo. And, we were and done with him. We, yes, we were done with him. And he flew under the radar but played really well this year. Started. He was. He played every game. Yep. So Jim uh, Schwartz got a lot out of him. Yep. This is my favorite category that we do is the Unsung Hero Award. Uh, the Every Dog Has His Day, which is Performance of the Year. Amari uh, Cooper setting the receiving record, 265 yards and two touchdowns on 11 catches against Houston. Uh, David Joku, six catches, 135 yards. Uh, that was against New York. Deshaun Watson, week three versus ten- uh, Tennessee, uh, 81.8% completion percentage, 289 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, week 10 at Baltimore, his second half, 14 of 14, 134 yards, a touchdown in a 16-yard rush on, a, on the game-winning drive for a first down. Miles Garrett, week seven at uh, Indy, nine tackles, two sacks, two forced fumbles, one recovered for a TD, one pass defense, one block. He pretty much single-handedly he was uh, a monster over that game. game. Yeah. It was unbelievable. And then Joe Flacco against the Jets, 16 of 22, 296 yards, three touchdowns and a pick in the first half. So that's your performance of the year. Uh, your play of the year, which is your dog trick. Greg Newsom's pick six against Lamar Jackson and the Ravens in week 10. Uh, Joe Flacco to Jerome Ford. Uh, the pack, pocket escape play against the Jets. Uh, Miles Garrett strips sack on Gardner Minshew in the end zone in, against the Colts. Miles Garrett jumps over the offensive line to block the uh, field goal against the Colts. You're sensing a trend that game. <laughs> uh, Miles Garrett uh, should have had a safety against Kenny Pack, uh, Pickett to open the game against the Steelers. Joe Flacco somehow threads uh, three Bears defenders to hit Amari Cooper for a 51-yard TD, and Maurice Hurst tips Geno Smith past himself for an athletic big man pick. I think I voted. I went for, back and watched that play. I forgot how awesome it was. He was back in coverage. Tipped really? it to himself and dove I to make the that. catch. Do, do you, did you guys vote yet? Did you guys do I these? did vote. Did you, who'd you vote for for this? For that play, for the top play of the year, Yeah, uh, I went with uh, Miles Garrett jumps over the offensive line block field goal. I went with Greg Newsom, man. I want Greg Newsom. I mean, that was a great play. We, that. Don't, we never beat Baltimore in yeah. Baltimore. First career pick. Yeah. Takes it for a touchdown. Awesome. Like, yep. that, that was a turning point in the season, I felt like. So that's that's what I went with. Yep. Uh, offensive top dog, Joe Flacco, 1,900 yards, 14 TDs, 10 interceptions. Mari Cooper, 1,309 yards, five touchdowns. 
David Njoku, 975 yards and six touchdowns. And Jerome Ford, uh, 830 yards, four touchdowns. He had 334 yards receiving and five touchdowns over uh, 1,100 yard, all-purpose yards. I think I voted for Amari Cooper for that because I think I gave pass catcher of the year to uh, David Njoku. Uh, defensive top dog, Miles Garrett. We already, uh, we've been through some of his stats, 14 sacks, 17 tackles for loss, 30 QB hits, you know, pretty much just did everything. JOK, 101 tackles, I already gave his stats. Martin Emerson, 59 tackles, one tackle for loss, 14 passes defense, four interceptions, and a couple bullshit penalties. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Grant Delpit, 80 tackles, one and a half sacks, seven tackles for loss, one four, uh, fumble recovery, three pass defense, and an INT. And then your best in show nominations, which is your MVP, Miles Garrett, JOK, Joel Batonio, Dustin Hopkins, Amari Cooper, David Joku, Martin Emerson, Joe Flacco, or Kevin Stefanski. Who'd you guys vote for for MVP? Do you, uh, I'm not even kidding. Dustin Hopkins. Same. Yeah. I voted for Kevin. For Kevin? Because <sighs> he's the one that held it all together. Yep. So the, I think there's some. There's I some, thought you guys would question me on that, but I thought that. Dude, Dustin Hopkins was. I thought who single-handedly was the reason we, we won, we so many won games. games. Yeah. And, and without him, if we still had Kate York, we don't make the playoffs. No. no. It had been like, uh, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know, the last three years. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yes. a lot of, oh, Chargers game. Oh, missed a field goal at the end. We lost the game. You know, just a little bit of that. Oh, Baltimore, you know. So um, I, think, I think there's some interesting categories there, by the way. Or some, like, interesting, interesting nominations in – the categories. Um, Interesting. I think it'll be fun to see what the people vote for, what the dog pack says and who they select. Yes. So uh, again, the dogspodcast.com slash vote. If you find yourself at just the dogspodcast.com, I'm pretty sure you can find it from there also. Uh, <laughs> yes, you so can. If, you, if you take a wrong turn and you end up on not the correct website, you can get there. Um, again, you got a couple weeks to go uh, to vote. Go spread the word, please. The more votes, the more fun. It sucks if you read it and, and say, you know, with three votes, David Joku was the MVP. Uh, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm giving percentages if it's like that. I'm just. I'm yeah. So uh, help us out here. Uh, go vote. And uh, we'll have a a lot of fun in a couple weeks. This episode is brought to you by Danger Coffee. Browns fans, we talk about how Danger Coffee is made free from mold toxins that are in 45% of the world's coffee. But that's not all that Danger Coffee has to offer. Mineral and nutrient deficiencies are a big deal. They make you feel sick, tired, stressed, and they can give you brain fog. These deficiencies negatively affect your immune system, your digestion, sleep, metabolism. Have you ever wondered why you get an initial burst from your coffee? But then you get that little crash not long after danger coffee's patent pending process remineralizes your body with more than 50 trace minerals and electrolytes, leaving you more energized, engaged, powerful. These micronutrients enter the cells to boost performance. They bind to toxins to provide detoxification support. I know that sounds like a lot, but the bottom line, guys, is minerals matter. And most of us really don't get enough of them on a daily basis. Danger Coffee delivers micronutrients, plus it gives you access to the minerals you already have. Head to DangerCoffee.com. Use our code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, for 10% off your order. And that code can be used over and over. So you get 10% off every order you make using code DOGS. It's time to start every day off with a cup of coffee that gets you going and actually keeps you going. DangerCoffee.com. Code dogs.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. And, and we can kind of talk about Watson here for a second. I've, I've obviously been a, a staunch supporter of Deshaun Watson and making the move. And I think even if we end up, even if he ends up not being what we thought he would be, I still 100% support the move because you have to Me try. Too. You have to be aggressive. Like the aggressive teams are the teams that perform and win. You can't, uh, you can't just sit back on your hands. We, we said it for so long. We begged them. We literally begged them to make that move as a fan base. We pleaded, please, please go get a franchise guy. Yes. Go get a guy. We don't want two or three different quarter. It was the joke of the NFL for my entire life. You knew that there was going to be two or three quarterbacks every year and it would be a rotation. And then on top of that, also the head coach. If, you know, he could survive his first year, well, he'd probably be gone the next year. So I, I, I'm completely with you. I, when they made that move, I was so excited because I was like, holy crap. Not only did we go and get a franchise guy, but it was a guy that I thought was a stud in Watson. Now, like we've also said, it hasn't been exactly what we thought it was going to be. Even though I would still 100% make the move 10 times out of 10, I can still say whether we win or lose the trade. Right. And if we, if Deshaun doesn't play at a, a Pro Bowl level next year and we don't make an AFC championship game, we lost. Right. The, we lost the trade. And there's three years left on that thing, right? On that yep. contract. After next year, there's only two. Right. Well, I mean, yes. so yes. three years total. So the, to me, the grade is still. It's but if we if we he doesn't play well again next year, it's Whoops. a bad look. Yep. Whoops. I, I think he played well this year. Just wasn't much. That's the thing that sucked. He didn't just play the availability. He did not play well enough. Yeah. He did not play well enough. I, he played okay. There was there was moments. There was moments for me like that second half of that Baltimore game. I was like, man, if we could get this. I, that's why I was so excited heading into the rest of the year. Because I was like, holy crap, this team's going to be dangerous. Yes, Because we, now we've beaten the two best teams. And this guy Really, the only alive. games were the first two. Because Tennessee, he was pretty much perfect. Arizona was just Arizona. Who really cares? Right. Didn't need to do much. Baltimore was rough going for a half. And then he came alive. out and just went nuts. He was as the, bad the in the Bengals first half game as he was, was like in the second half. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like as long as we need the offensive improvements, I'm excited to see what the coaching staff brings us this year and all that kind of stuff. I it, he just needs to stay on the field. That's the thing. It's so hard for me to say what's a lost season next year or what's a successful one. It's like, well, this year we talked about what was successful, and then week two it's like we don't have Nick Chubb anymore. I have no idea what success is now. And I'll say this: you know, if he gets hurt again next year. Well, and that's when the narrative then, the injury stuff it. is like, hmm, okay, he's, now. I don't care. He's got to play, and he's got to play well. That That's just the bottom line. It's If he doesn't play for whatever reason, we lost the trade. If he's hurt, we lost the trade. If he plays like shit, we lost the trade. If he, if he doesn't play at a Pro Bowl level, and we don't go to the AFC Championship game, we lost the trade. But then if that's he comes it. out year four and we go win the Super Bowl, we won the trade. That's why you you always say you got to wait till it's over. You got to wait till this contract is up and the deal is done. Because 
people were saying, oh, it's the worst trade. I'm like, first got, of all, the that, was, that would be 50% of the, the deal. We, tra- we, we traded three first rounds. That's and again, it. I trade my soul for Super Bowl. So I get it's what very hard to get just one Super Bowl I, is the thing, though. Yeah, but that's the, the and again, uh, I've been a huge Deshaun supp- supporter so far in, in defender. But you cannot say he's played to anywhere close to what he should be playing. No, absolutely not. There's no, and, and if he continue, and it, it's got to be consistent. He can't be, gr- he can't be great for a half and dog crap for a half. Can't he, be rusty. He, he can't be rusty. No. I, I, he can't. I mean, there are times where he just literally throws the ball into the ground. I've never seen an NFL quarterback look like he forgot how to throw the football randomly in the middle of a football game. And like, I, we can't have that. He's got to, he has to play at an extremely high level for 17 games next year. Or, or it's it's a bad 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 trade, very bad trade. Like I'm I, I'm done waiting. Just like I was done waiting on Baker, I'm do, this is it. It's make or break time. It's either go be good or six <laughs> weeks into next year, I'll be talking about how bad he is. It's just it's just funny because you you were the one that always said you got to wait and see what happens over the course of the contract. Because yes, I I get that. <laughs> This was year two, but again, he just missed basically a whole another whole season. Yeah, and I'm saying that sucks. He has to be on the field. He has to play a full season. If he so if he if he doesn't play at all again this year, he plays like crap, and then we win the Super Bowl in year four. Okay, I'll say it's good. But if he plays like crap again, what makes you think he were going to win the Super Bowl in his fourth year? Nothing makes me think we're ever going to win a Super Bowl based on past history. It's just we got to do we got to do what we got to do. We got to try, and that's what the team constantly does is. Make these changes, make these improvements. That's why they got Deshaun in the first place. Again, I, and I, I would make the move. Even if at the end of year five we sucked, I still support making the move. But you can still grade the trade. You can still grade it. When it's done. What? Yes, but you, uh, I, and I get what you're saying. Because I wasn't you're willing to say it. I wasn't willing to say he's been awful, you know, eight games into it. Three years into it, you can start making some some talks. And if, especially if it's not injury, if he just comes out and plays 17 games next year and he doesn't play at a high level, there's no reason to think magically in the fourth year, even further removed from playing well, that he's going to magically all of a sudden be good again. Absolutely. There's just no reason to think that. But so we'll talk about that if that happens next year. Cause I, I don't know. I, what I saw on the field this year, I was like, man. If he could have played the whole season, I think we were we were going that direction. We were turning the corner with him, and I, I think things were going to start to look really, really nice. We'll never know. It didn't happen. Now we got to wait till September to see see it back on the field. Speaking about Deshaun, you know, Kevin, or uh, I keep saying Kevin, Andrew Barry was asked about Deshaun's recovery, so this was his answer about that. We feel really good about the recovery. We don't. We don't. We don't there's nothing that would suggest that there should be some type of limitation or anything like that moving forward. So he was asked, you know, about the timeline. He said, he's definitely, you know, on track in his recovery. He said, maybe even a little ahead of schedule. He said, I hesitate to say that just because it's still early in the recovery. But the fact that he's even mentioning that he could be ahead of schedule was good. And then Mary Kay was asking him, do you have anybody, any other quarterbacks or players that have suffered a similar injury to this with the broken glenoid and, you know, what has their recovery been like? And that was basically his answer of, we we really don't anticipate any limitations whatsoever. Yeah, that's, that's great. That's great news to hear. I mean, that's what we want to hear. I mean, ultimately making the trade for John Watson. First and foremost, we thought, well, we got this guy, bit of baggage. 
Mike, Mike missed six games. Well, it ended up as 11 games. So now people are starting to be a little ripped off, right? And then when we got so hyped up, the extended time off, I mean, it looked as good. He was three and three as a starter. So people are like kind of getting a little angry, right? And mm-hmm. then now he goes through a full off season. We go, hey, he's going to be there. And he was okay. But now we're kind of hearing through stuff. And you just enlighten me a little bit. Well, maybe the offense was all great for him. But the injury came along and now people feel more ripped off. And then it comes to like not controlling your emotions. Your emotional intelligence is not high. And you're saying, <laughs> well, he doesn't want to play because right. he stole rounds and so on and so forth. Right. So uh, he's, oh, Blake said it a lot. He's got to play next year. Like he's got to play a full season. Mm-hmm. Whatever he can do, just, just slide. Don't run into people. Stop running into, you know, Patrick Queen and all these guys. Yeah. not going to take them all down. Longevity is the key, man. Yes. And, you know, hopefully these players learn when these kinds of things happen. Hopefully, you know, Deshaun has learned from the injury and said, I do need to protect myself a little better. For the for the people that are not emotionally intelligent and can't handle having Deshaun Watson be the quarterback for the Browns, this next clip is going to drive you crazy. You know, when we made the trade, we really looked at it as, hey, this is something that um, you know, we'll evaluate like a 10 year time horizon. Cause these guys, these guys play, um, obviously we want him on the field, you know, more often than he's been, you know, he can't help the, you know, the shoulder injuries this year. Um, but we're, we're really pleased with him. You know, he's very talented. He's very hardworking. He's adaptable. Um, and, um, you know, we really feel good about him moving forward. So there you go. Everybody talking about all oh, the contract, you know, I can't wait to get him out of here in two or three years. Andrew Barry is just straight up there saying, look, whenever we went into this whole thing, we looked at this at like a, a 10-year window. Not not a five-year. The contract's five-year, but that's where this contract then keeps, you know, there's going to be restructures, void years, things that Andrew Barry knows he can do with Deshaun Watson's contract. And I, I think he's going to be the quarterback for the Browns for a long time unless, you know, unless something absolutely crazy happens. And I think that's a good thing. I think Deshaun is very capable of being a good quarterback. He's shown it before. I, I just, I have more confidence, I guess, than a lot of people that he'll be okay. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you just shouldn't listen to the internet. The other <laughs> thing is, is what I like to hear about what you're saying is the stability, right? Already now that we've had stability with the coaches, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, like they said at the press conference and how they kicked it off, there's going to be some hard decisions. Made. And ultimately, I think if you take a look, I don't have the stats in front of me, but the offense has slightly um, gone down every single year. And while maybe the rankings were about the same as last year or maybe a little bit higher, you can't have 39 turnovers. Somebody is going to be, job's going to be on the line for that, right? And um, it's just all the penalties, the turnovers. Like they're, they, they should be thinking, man, we're lucky to be where we are. And that stability needs to come with a quarterback. And unfortunately, get based on the situation that we're talking about, between the suspension that was oh, like overdrawn uh, and the uh, injury, no doc that stability yet. In the next three years, let's get there. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Dogs Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and follow us on Twitter at The Dogs Podcast. Get your thoughts on the show at thedogspodcast.com.